Hey, welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. We're Jeremy and Sarah Pearsons. We're so glad to have you in our home today. But more than that, we're excited to get into the Word of God with you today. Uh, over the last several weeks, uh, I've been in a series with you focused in on God's will to heal, God's ability to heal. We've been looking at people who came to Jesus and got what they came for. And, and the same things that we see occurring in their lives, when they occur in our lives, we get what we need from Jesus because praise God, he's just given it to us. And that includes salvation. That includes the, the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And it most certainly includes the healing of your body. And, I, and I've been by myself over the last several weeks in this broadcast. And I think we're going to wrap up this series for now, not because we've said everything there is to say. Obviously, we couldn't do that. But I believe we've given you enough to, to sink your faith into. And if you've missed any of these broadcasts, uh, particularly these on healing, all you need to do is download the Legacy Studios app. All the broadcasts are there for you to watch. We want you to get a hold of that. And Sarah, this is pretty exciting. Uh, right now, as we record this, the Legacy Studios app has been downloaded over 10,000 times. So cool. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Over 10,000 times. That's 10,000 plus people who are getting the word of God. And that's what we're about. That's what this is about. And that's what God's about, is, he, is, is you getting his word into your heart, going into your eyes and your ears and letting it take root in your life and changing things around you. So Sarah's going to join us today on this, uh, this last part of this, this series we've been doing. We've been talking about the miracles that you find in the book of Mark. Miracles in Mark, I've been calling it. We've been looking at different ones who came to Jesus, like I said, got what they came for. And that's what I want to find out how to do. That's what I want to see take place in my life. When there's a need, when there's, there's something in, in my life or in our family that needs to be taken care of, we don't go to anybody else first, but we go to Jesus. And we started, Sarah, we started this series in the book of Psalms with a very simple verse. Um, you know what? We're going to read this, but would you do this, sweetheart? Would you just pray over yeah. our time in the Word today before Absolutely. we jump into it and just ask the Lord to give us what we need from His Word today? Let's pray. Father, we love you this morning. We, we just thank you for this opportunity um, to come before your throne that you made a way for us to come because of Jesus and all that he is. So we boldly approach your throne and we ask you for answers today, answers to questions that we've had. We ask you to give us light. We ask you to give us wisdom in every single area that we need help in. And we set our eyes on you. We take our eyes off the need and we set our eyes on you today. And we know that as we set our eyes on you, that you will meet our needs. Thank you, and we love you today. Thank you for helping us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's look at this together in the book of Psalms, uh, chapter 107. Look at verse 20. Well, just back up to verse 19. We'll read these two. It says, They cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. Verse 20, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. He sent his word and he healed them and he delivered them. It was his word that healed them. It was his word that delivered them. And we know from looking at this uh, throughout this series, and we know this, this is such a big part of our lives and ministry that Jesus is what? The there word is. made flesh. Mm -hmm. And when God sent Jesus, he sent his word. And when he sent his word, his word healed us. Mm -hmm. And that's why we were looking throughout the book of Mark. So let's go back there together. We won't take time to go back over all the ones we've covered. Again, I encourage you to get those. 
and just feed on the miracles that you see all throughout this book. And we're just covering a few of them here from the beginning. We've seen um, the guys that came down through the roof. Praise God. I mean, that's what faith will do. When you get excited about Jesus and you get excited about his word and his will for your life, you will get through the roof, excited through the roof with your faith. And that's what faith did. When those guys couldn't get to Jesus, the house was packed. Faith dug a hole in the roof because that was the only way to get to him. And Jesus, the word says Jesus saw their faith. And he said to that man, your sins are forgiven. Take up your bed and walk. And that's what faith will do every time is it will make its way to Jesus and let nothing stop it. And we've seen miracles like this. We saw the man whose hand was withered uh, and he received his healing because Jesus told him, step forward, stretch out your hand. And he just simply did what Jesus told him to do and he got the results that he came to get. We, we looked at uh, Mark chapter five. We were talking about Jairus and his daughter. And, and I see these things so differently now, sweetheart, because now, especially now that we have a daughter, we have two little ones, Justice James, he's six years old and love this kid to pieces. Oh, he's just the best, absolute best. But there's something about this little girl that God's given <laughs> us too, little Jessie Grace. I mean, if you were to examine her little finger, you would find daddy right there wrapped all the way around it. And there's just something special. I know you sense that, mothers and sons. Well, I sense it, daddies and daughters. And you know that the Lord feels the same way about his little girls. And this whole account here in Mark chapter five about Jairus coming to Jesus because of his daughter and he falls at the feet of Jesus. Well, there's humility right there. Here's a man of reputation who humbles himself at the feet of Jesus. And if you know anything about God, it's people who humble themselves, they get God's grace. And that's what, Jairus got, the grace of God went with him because his daughter needed him. But in, in the course of this, maybe we touched some on this the last time, but I, I want us to see what happened. There, there's an interruption, so to speak, because Jesus is going with Jairus. His daughter is at the point of death and Jesus is making his way there, but there's an interruption in this whole process in Mark chapter five. Uh, it says in verse 25, it says, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Here's the key though, right here, verse 27. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd, touched his garment for she said, so she heard something. She acted on what she heard and she said something about what she heard. This is all faith right here. She said, if only I may touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? In other words, Jesus asks, who touched me? And the disciples are like, uh, everybody, <laughs> everybody's touching you. But there was one in the crowd that touched him in faith. Everybody's grabbing a hold of him. Everybody's trying to get a piece of him, but only one person touched him in faith. And when she touched him in faith, when faith in Jesus made contact with Jesus, power went out of Jesus and into this woman and she got what she came for. 
Verse 32, looking around to see her who had done this thing, he, he was looking around for her. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened in her, came and fell down before him, told him the whole truth. And he said to her, oh, this is so powerful right here. He said to her, daughter, daughter. Now, just that one word. What do you think happened to Jairus as he's watching this whole thing go down? I mean, Jesus is on his way with him and they are they're not trying to take their time here. I mean, this little girl's about to die and he has got his daughter on his mind, his daughter on his heart. And now they're being interrupted by this woman. And I know Jairus is just sitting there looking at his watch, if he were wearing a watch, but he was just feeling that time pressure. And this woman starts telling Jesus the, the story of not just what had happened to her, but where she'd come from, where she'd been, how long she'd had this thing. I mean, we've been in, We've been in healing services before, right? Where, where the, the preacher asks the person, what's going on in you? And that's always a risky question when you ask somebody standing at the altar because you might get somebody's life story. And they're like, well, then when I was four years old, <laughs> but this woman told Jesus everything. You know, Jairus is just standing there feeling the pressure. But Jesus looks at her and he says, daughter. God, don't you know that just caught Jairus' attention? caught his heart. Look at what God is doing for his daughter. And if he would do this for this daughter, would he do it for my daughter? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about my little girl, our little girl. Mm-hmm. She's only three right now, but I'm, what I'm looking forward to are these, these daddy-daughter dates that I've always heard about guys taking their little girls out for the day. They go get ice cream or they go out to dinner or do something fun. These daddy-daughter dates. And you know, a daddy-daughter date with me and Jesse would be great, be sweet, be fun. We could take some great pictures. But a daddy-daughter date with God? This woman just had a daddy-daughter date with God. And she got healed. But what I want us to see in this today, Sarah, is not that just woman, not just the miracle that she received, and that's wonderful and praise God for it. Sometimes you got to go and you got to look at just the little bit of information that the Spirit of God gave us in the writing of the Scripture. And the one thing we know about this woman is that she had dealt with this disease for 12 years. 12 years. And the only other thing we know is that she spent everything she had. She didn't get any better, but she got worse. So we know that this this. This affliction, that's what the scripture called it was an affliction. If you were to look that word up, affliction, you would find out that it it means a plague. It literally means a whip. I mean, get get the picture of somebody being beaten over and over and over. And then this affliction, it comes on and then it goes away and then it comes back. That's what a plague does. It just comes back, and it comes back, and it comes back. And this woman, for 12 years, feels like she's just being beaten over and over and over with this affliction, this plague, this sickness. And this is a huge tactic of your enemy, is to try to wear you down and try to wear you out. I mean, you think about sometimes something that maybe you've dealt with in your body, something like this, maybe something different, something that just has annoyed you for a long time and you've been putting up with it. Something that started out just hanging around a little bit and you thought, well, I've had this thing for a couple of weeks. It's not going away. 
Next time you think about it, you've had it for a couple of months. I wonder why this thing's hanging around. Maybe years go by and you're still dealing with the same thing. And you know, Satan tries so hard to, to wear people out and to wear people down. Why? Because if he can get you tired out, he can get you to quit fighting. That's what he's trying to do is to take the fight out of you. Mm -hmm. And Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, you need to fight the good fight of faith. In other words, Timothy, you're in a fight right now and you don't, you don't need to just stand there and get beat up round after round after round. You need to step into that ring and put up a good fight. And that's what Satan's trying to do to so many people is wear them out, fatigue them and to get them to just stop fighting that fight of faith. And I so admire this woman that for having dealt with this for 12 years, spent all that time, all that money, all that effort, she still was able to dig down deep. And when she heard that Jesus was there, she heard that the presence of God was in town. She found enough strength. She found enough endurance. And she said, I'm going one more round. I'm going to go one more round. Mm -hmm. I'm knocked down, but I am not knocked out. And if I can just get to him and touch even his garment, I will be made well. Mm -hmm. I know you've had a lot of experience with this. I know you're a mom. We've got these two precious little ones. I know that you know what only moms can know about the process of being pregnant and having babies and then (laughs) that recovery time even and what it tries to do on your body. I mean, talk a little bit about what it's like to to feel like you're, you're in the ring with something and you're having to go round after round after round and stay in faith. Well, I think at some point, everyone has to um, learn what it, what it means to not just hear and know all the principles on faith, yeah. but to actually let them, their faith carry them into the presence of the person of Jesus yeah. and, and the power that comes with that. I think that's where the turning point happened in my life. I mean, I've grown up learning faith principles and believing the word of God on healing and, and man, believing Jesus is my healer and, and loving his presence. But as long as it was just um, me trying to follow all the right steps and all the right principles. I took all the power of it. But I think it took all the power out of it. But I think the cool thing about this woman with the issue of blood and the thing that the Lord's blessed me and ministered to me so much is that she recognized that Jesus, he was the power source Mm -hmm. in the equation. It wasn't just um, what she could do to get her healing or how she could what she could do in herself to believe. Yeah, faith is believing, but faith, real faith, will drive you to the presence of the Lord yeah. where He is and, and recognize that He's the power source, that I have to plug into His presence, recognizing that he, His presence is medicine to me. Mm. And so I just think, I think what I had to do, and I'm still learning to do every day, is to unplug from what I can do and how hard I can believe. And, you know, if I can follow every step perfectly and, you know, if I do it all right, then I'll receive my healing. Because even that can be exhausting. That's exhausting. And that makes you grow weary. And that's the devil's. Yeah. That is his design is to distract you. He is the ultimate 
um, master of distraction and he'll distract you from everything that's important. But you, the moment you find out what the most, the one thing Mm -hmm. that's valuable, the one thing that's important, what did did Jesus say that was to Mary and Martha? To sit at his feet Mm -hmm. and to hear his word and to let his presence just wash over you. And it's so powerful that you say to be right there at his feet because every time we've looked at any of these examples, the miracles of Mark, over and over, that's where we find people. Mm-hmm. Their yes. faith brings them right to the feet of Jesus over and yeah. over, this woman included, fearing yeah. and trembling, knowing what had happened. I just, I can imagine her down in that crowd reaching out and grabbing the hem, the very bottom of that garment. She had to get low. Yeah. That's humility. That's getting, yeah. that's bringing yourself low to exalt him. She got her miracle there. And the moment that you, the confusion sets in and the, the questioning about why haven't I seen this? Why isn't it working? Why am I, I'm doing everything I can do. What is the, where's the holdup? What's the problem? Why has it been 12 years yeah. still? Yeah. The moment that comes to you, that's the moment that you need to run. Yeah. Let your faith carry you right into the presence of the Lord. Let his, let him, let your faith drive you to him. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the, the point is to, I think that's the trick of the enemy is to distract you. But the moment you get your eyes off yourself and what you can do right and what you can accomplish in yourself and how you can make this happen and everything you need to do to believe, the moment you get yourself, your eyes off of yourself, and you get your eyes on your Savior, things start to happen and work in your body. And you know, the Lord spoke to me one time and He said, you cannot um, stare at your symptoms and your Savior simultaneously. (laughs) Can I say that right word? (laughs) But the if, He said, if I can capture your stare, I can change your circumstance. So good. But the key word here is if. If I can capture your stare, that is the the issue with all of us. Every American, all of us are rushing to and fro to soccer games and to, you know, doing all these unnecessary things. Not soccer games. Soccer (laughs) games are great. (laughs) I enjoy soccer games. But there's so many games going on, so many activities, so many things. Um, We have to find out what the priority is Mm -hmm. and do that. And yeah. once we find out the one thing and put that first, put God first and everything that we do, then things start to get in order with yeah. our bodies, get in order with our finances. But making his presence the most valuable thing, yeah. seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that's even healing will be added to you. Yeah. And we so, got to learn to recognize when we're coming to that place where we're getting worn out. And this is, I'm starting to hit home literally here. I mean, we may or may not have had this conversation in the last 12 hours. We've got to, got to learn to, to recognize, okay, wait a second. Satan's trying to wear me out with something here. Yeah. He's trying to wear me down, like you're talking about running back and forth. And I want to read this scripture. And the Lord gave me a specific word for a family today. And I want you to hear this before we wrap this up. But this is out of the book of Psalms chapter 27. Verse 13, listen to this. He said, I would have lost heart. Other translations say, I would have fainted. He's talking about quitting. I would have quit. I would have thrown in the towel. If 
I had not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. See, most people think I'm going to quit if I don't see something change. If I don't see a change in my body, I'm quitting. If I don't see a change in my finances, I'm quitting. If I don't see a change in this marriage, I'm quitting. But that's not how faith does it. He said, what sustained me is not seeing it. What sustained me is believing to see it. That's what's going to get you through this thing. That's what's going to get you through all the way through to your miracle. It's not seeing the result. It's believing to see. And that's what separates us faith people from the rest of the world is that we don't wait to see before we believe. We believe first and then we see the goodness of the Lord. And then he says this in verse 14, wait on the Lord. That doesn't mean to passively, idly just stand by. That means expect. Expect to see the goodness of God. Expect the presence of God. Be of good courage. Oh, that's strength right there. Mm -hmm. That's in the face of fear. You be strong, like he told Joshua. Be strong. Be courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. I, the Lord your God, I am with you wherever you go. Be of good courage. Then he says, God will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. He will strengthen yeah. your heart. You know, any, any good coach, any good trainer, they love and appreciate talent, but the thing they're looking for most of all is heart. Yeah. That's what they're looking for. And our coach, our trainer, our yeah, father, yeah. our God, is he looking at the outside? No, he's looking at the heart and he's looking for heart. Now, before we, before we leave today, we've got just another moment in this broadcast. I have to share this with you because the Lord gave me this word for somebody watching today. And I don't care if nobody else sees this broadcast. I know that this young family is watching and this is what the Lord wants to say to you. I saw this in my heart. I saw you in my heart as I was praying over this. And I'm just gonna do my best to read what I saw. And I believe it's gonna encourage you. It says, Satan's tactic with a disease like this woman with the issue of blood and maybe like the one you're dealing with is to wear you out and tire you out. It can be exhausting, frustrating, and even humiliating. And Satan knows these things, and he knows that these things will take the fight out of you. As I was praying, I saw a young couple in a hospital room with their child. The child is there because of a sickness, and they're watching this broadcast. And to this couple, you're feeling worn out by the battle. You're tired of the emotional roller coaster of people telling you this is going to fix it only to find yourselves back in the doctor's office or maybe back in the same room you're in right now. And it would appear that things have grown worse. Right now, God has rung the bell and is telling you to go sit in your corner and listen to what he would tell you. He is, number one, encouraging you to stay in this fight. Yeah. He's saying, don't throw in the towel. Don't give up on your faith. Let these words put life and breath back in your lungs. And number two, he's saying, there's a new tactic, a new plan, and a new strategy. And he wants you to be listening in the coming days to your own heart and to those that you know can hear from him. Listen for new wisdom. Listen for a new perspective on the problem. Act on his instructions to you and do it in faith. You've been knocked down, but you are not knocked out. You are at the end of this fight and you have already won. So don't give in to the pressure. And this is what the Lord spoke to me. He said, I'm not only in your corner, says the Lord, I'm in the ring with you. And together we're going to put your opponent flat 
on his back. Be encouraged by that word today. Your family's coming out of this thing. Sarah and I are in agreement with you. God himself is fighting this battle for you and you're at the end of it. Don't give up. Don't be worn out. You will reap if you don't faint. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith. 